are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Badgermapping.com launched in 2013. They're doing about a $5 million run rate today, up from $4.2 million exactly one year ago, serving 4,200 logos, over 7,500 paid seats at about 50 bucks a seat. They help your field reps deliver the tires on time, take the beer to the local pub on time, and also do it in a route that is most efficient. They should have died during COVID. They didn't. They just pivoted. They did very well. Now they're growing all bootstrapped, which we love. He's using debt, full disclosure, from FounderPath, which we love. Hey, folks. My guest today is is Steve Benson. He's building a great tool called Badger, like the animal, mapping.com. It's routing, mapping, and gathering data from the field for field sales team. Steve, you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. Now, I hope you take this as a compliment, but like, I look at your business and I go, this company should have died during COVID, but you <laughs> didn't somehow. Right? No one's going knocking on doors during COVID. Everyone's locked up. Why didn't you die? So true. So true. Uh, you know, the so we as you know we sell things to field salespeople and during covid that really slowed down we probably lost 40% of our customers um during like revenue wise during uh during 2020 mm-hmm. that being said we were able to sell to a bunch of new customers during that period so we only ended up about down about 10% in terms who knew did of- you sell to though why were no one was driving door to door they well, they were. It just depends where you were, right? I mean, you know, we were in California at the time. California was pretty shut down, but if you went to, you know, Texas, I, I don't want to name names, but Florida, they, they, <laughs> they, uh, you know, they they were they were pretty open, and um, you know, so it, this was really a regional thing and country by country, and and frankly, you know, people were, you know, were also uh, the if business ke- business kept going and people were just taking precautions right like if yeah. if you sold beer to bars you know 2020 was was tough in a lot of places right i mean san francisco's bars didn't open until last week right but um if you sold medical devices to hospitals hospitals never closed i um, see what is your what is your like if you look at the actual industry that all these field sales reps are in who use Badger Maps? What is it? Is medical device sales the top one? Um, that's among the top. Yeah, it, that that it actually might even be the top. What's interesting is th- there's not one vertical where you find field salespeople. Um, there, it's a it's a but it's also not horizontal, right? It's not all over the place. It's not email or, you know, text messaging or something. It's something you see everywhere. It's really, it's a, I, I call it a collection of verticals. So yeah. um, med device, pharmaceutical, construction stuff. But really, if you walk down Main Street anywhere in the world, right? Um, you'll see a dentist office and you'll see a tire store and you'll you'll see a bar. So the guy selling... Beer to bars, field salesperson, the people selling medical devices and materials to dentists to fix teeth, field salesperson, the, yep. the person selling tires to tire stores, field salesperson. So a, a lot of these little, I call them end nodes of 
of consumption. There's probably a better economic term for that, but I don't know what they are. But it, you know, walking down Main Street, all these places, they didn't make, you know, they didn't they didn't smelt the metal to make the thing that they're giving you, right? They bought, you know, a semi-finished good or even a completely finished good, and they're putting a markup on it if it's retail or or maybe they're you know doing some service, but that you know that the tire store didn't make the tires. Good, yeah, no, this, made this makes sense. This makes sense. So, so how how many today um, paid field rep seats are on your platform? Paid field rep seats. Well, our our average price point, our, our our price. Like some people buy annual, some people buy monthly. But uh, you know, sixty nine bucks. I'm sorry, fifty nine bucks a month. If uh, we're, we're we're playing with our prices, we're, they're about to go up. But um, but so fifty nine and forty nine right now, annual annual and. Uh, and, and monthly. And so, you know, I think our, our average price is probably around 55. So you could, you could divide our total revenue, which is uh, right around 5 million. We're about to cross five uh, either this month or next month, I think. Um, yep. And uh, so if you divided that by 55 bucks times 12, you'd get the, uh, I could, do, I could do it on my phone here if you want me to, but the, 7, so you've got seven thousand. Like, yeah. I was gonna say seven thousand five hundred customers or seats paying fifty five bucks a month on average would be five million run rate. Yeah, that's and that's 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 right around where it is. And now we most of our money doesn't come from individuals; it comes from from companies that might. I was have just gonna ask that. So reps. how many how many logos are those seventy five hundred reps spread across? Um, about forty five hundred. So, okay, so on average, two almost, seats per company. Yeah, but that's because a lot are half of them are one seat, but then some are, you know, 350 seats, right? Is that your biggest customer, 350 seats? As of right now, but a little bird on the sales team tells me that we're about to do a thousand seat one. The, so for the first time. So oh, that would we'll, be that'd be but, huge. What's that sales motion like? How long? Um, you know, it actually hasn't been well, I guess it depends how you depends how you count it. They like most companies that purchase us, they've had a few reps, like 10 using it for a while. So if you want to count that as the beginning of the sales cycle, they've been using it for years. But um they engaged with us meaningfully maybe four or five months ago as a company. And uh and it started out pretty small, like they wanted to go from 10 to um maybe getting getting like a hundred for this one division. And then that division, then it became the whole division, which was 200 seats. Now that's a pretty meaningful deal, right? You're talking you know, yeah. 100 grand a year or something. Um, and then, uh, then whoever whoever that person, whoever the boss of sales of that division was, they were like, "Wait, what? If this is so good for the Northeast, why why doesn't why doesn't the whole country need this? Why we have five divisions? Why are just you getting this?" Why aren't we looking this at this as a country? And so it expanded pretty quickly from a ten seat deal to a hundred seat deal to a two hundred seat deal to a thousand seat deal. Yeah, that's great. Now, talk to me about growth. If you're at five million revenue today, where were you exactly a year ago? Exactly a year ago, I we started this year at three fifty in MRR. So I'd have to run that math, but what is that? Four point two ish. Yeah, four point two up to five now. Yeah. So yeah, we've, we've grown. It, it's yeah. It's it's it'll. I, I we may if, if we get this uh, thousand seat deal, we'll win the year at like you know between thirty thirty five percent growth. 
which I love that. See, you can afford to grow that way without having people breathe down your neck because you haven't raised any VC, but any VC backed founder, you know, that 30% growth is unacceptable, right? So how do you think about funding, you know, bootstrap versus, you know, uh, a VC backed? Oh, as you know, from me speaking at your, at your conference, I have lots of opinions on this. <laughs> um, you know, Were I, you I, burned by VC in the past or what? No, I've never been burned by VC there. I think I, I just, I, and, and I have nothing against VC. I don't, I don't speak, speak ill on their house or anything, but for the vast majority of SaaS founders, they're not the right fit, right? They, they only want to invest in a very small slice of the world of SaaS, right? The super high growth, you know, huge companies, um, you know, the, and there's, the va- 90, I don't know, you, you might know the numbers better than me, but I'd guess north of 90% of SaaS businesses just aren't going, aren't pursuing a big enough business um, or they're too niche or, they're, or their growth is too small. It's too hard to get the word out, but they're great businesses, right? They're, and, and when I've talked to VCs, I think that's basically the feedback that I've gotten from them is, hey, this looks like a great business. It's just, you know, it's not going to grow fast enough or be big enough for us. We, we want to we, we, we're looking for, we're hunting decacorns around here. You know, this, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This will make well, so, you rich. So, so how much of these rich, you haven't raised my, I mean, I don't think you raised any or maybe very little, but so like, are you able to share how much equity you've been able to hold on today? Yeah. Um, so the, the, we've only brought in from an investor perspective. We've, I get, we've sold about, I think 12, 10, 12% of the company to investors. Mm-hmm. So, and, and no, there's no professional money in there. I mean, there's, I mean, there's there's professional investors who are, are aren't investing as their fund, but um, yeah, you know, yeah, people in private equity, that sort of thing. That does that mean you personally still own more than seventy five, eighty percent? No, I mean, there's there's uh, you know, the, we have a pretty generous employee pool. Um, and so what is that ten percent? No, no, I think that's closer to twenty. Uh, okay. and then uh, then there's uh, between the other co-founders, that's another uh, you know probably. Thirty-ish uh, percent. So I I own more than half uh, yep. of the business, but then there's uh, you know there, there was a co-founder that joined early and left, and that and, and that's that's expensive. Um, yeah, and uh, and and the and and uh, and just you know employees, and so and, but no, we've never taken, we've never sold, we've given a lot of equity away to people who have worked on on the product on the product and, the, and at the company. But we've never we've never sold equity to an investor. Yep. 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 Um, I want to come back to this in a second, but first what's team size today? How many folks full time? Um, I guess, you know, including like contractors, uh, we've probably got about 70 employees. And what about just full-time folks, not including contractors? Um, probably 50, just, just over 50. That's great. So tell me how you, a lot of people want to use contractors. They're cheaper and they can usually still generate good output if they're operating a good system. So who do the, the 20 contractors, what do they do for Badger? Um, we have a team in the Philippines and, and, and I would recommend any company do this. I think there, there's so much value to having a team of people really just care for your customers and be there for your customers. Written support um, could be IM support, could be phone support, but just um, having an overseas team that that is just 24 7 363 <laughs> no no Christmas like or New Year's I guess but like almost all the time being available to your customers is is really valuable 
And, um, and, and we treat them as employees that they, they're, uh, not contractors. I would so say they, that's but, what you're, that's what they do. They're all your customer support reps. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then there's, there are a handful of other contractors. Like if you need, if you need someone specialized for something, you know, some engineering skill that you don't have in house, but you just need for a little while, you, that's a great place to contract things like SEO or SEM skills, some, you know, different marketing things or yep. that are very specialized, but not a full-time employee. That's a great place. So Steve, as we wrap up here, got about a minute left. Again, you've done a nice job reserving equity here, 5 million uh, run rate. Um, we've obviously done a deal together in terms of debt. Um, I'd love if you're open to it, to share sort of what you liked and disliked about that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I strongly recommend that SaaS businesses that have revenue look to debt before equity. Um, even if you're in between rounds and you can just put up, push off that next round five months, it, it's, it really can really help with you. Can you back get, that get up? More. I mean, are you comfortable sharing how much debt you've raised? Sure. Uh, I think I've done, I've done, well, I, I think I've done about $6 million in debt over the years uh, on and off, uh, you know, and moving it around right now. I have about 2.25 with, uh, with, with you guys at founder path, as you know. Um, and so that's a, and I, I'd strongly recommend people take a look at that. I mean, I, I've, well, I've so done how, how long with, do you have? Look, I know the answer to this, but I want the audience to hear. How long do you have to pay the 2.2 million back? Do you remember how many months? 48. Yeah. So, for, so a lot of people, 48 a lot of people assume a, it's quick. And I'm like, no, we do deals with companies like Steve all the time where it's a 48 month payback. So, and, and this is really important, right? The reason they assume this is because a lot of the SaaS debt providers are doing year long deals. That's really risky because you're basically, you're, you're saying you're going to pay their debt back with more debt, but you know, we're standing on the barrel of a recession right now. They may, they, they may or may not give you more debt depending on what happens, right? You may or may not be able to be credit worthy in a year, right? You don't know what's going to happen. But so if you're, if you can't plan to pay back debt with more debt, you have to, you have to be able to pay back debt with your revenue. And, and to do that, you need a longer term, but a lot of the companies that are providing debt are like, Hey, yeah, here's, Here's a year. Here's here's two million dollars, and pay us back over the next year. And if you need more money, we'll give you more money. And that's a great strategy until they say, "Oh, we can't give you more money." So that's yeah. and I've I've done debt deal, deals with some of the bigger players in in, in the space, and uh, and I've and I've kind of chased the best deal, the the fastest, easiest to work with, and the cheapest deal, and and landed at your doorstep. And and I so I've I've moved you know millions of dollars of debt around. At, uh, twice now, um, so yeah, so you're my third major, third third debt major provider. player. I've yeah, third major debt provider I've worked with. Well, I remember you and I talking years ago before there was founder path. I'm like, what would be the perfect debt offer for SaaS founders? And now, fast forward today, we've got, you know, we've deployed over 100 million dollars of capital out of 150 million dollar fund, and more news to come on that here shortly. But it's crazy. I mean, this is a real option for bootstrap founders. It is not a maybe or a guess. It it's a real option. No, I mean, and, and very quickly and efficiently, they can. They everyone that has revenue and a debt and a SaaS company should check into this and and look at debt either to extend their current runway to to get the next round later, to skip around, or to never do a round like I like the which is the path that I've pursued. Yeah. On that note, Steve, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one favorite book. Favorite book. Um, you know, I, I think "Impossible to Inevitable" uh, is is one that every SaaS founder should read. I mean, you 
your book, I must have five copies of your book laying around. I mean, that, <laughs> <laughs> that means you got you came to a lot of conferences. <laughs> I, 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 I've come to a lot. Yeah. You keep giving me more and I give them to my yeah. employees. You know, I, I, I pass them out. How to, what is it? How to make money with, with, without money or got something? it. Yeah, it's like how to be a capital <laughs> capital. Yep. Story of go. my first SaaS company. So, all right. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? A CEO that I am studying. I've always got my eye on 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 Mark Benioff because he uh, he bought my my biggest competitor for two hundred and fifty million bucks or so. So uh, good a reason. Years ago, so I, I keep I keep my eye on that guy. He he, he knows what he's doing. Number number three. Uh, what's your favorite online tool for building Badger? Favorite online tool. I mean, I guess it depends in building it in what way. I, I love ProfitWell. It's a it's a great way to kind of get a good vision of the business. I mean, in terms of like what I use all day, every day, I, I think there's nothing there's nothing like Google Docs. There's the, yep. the, the the collaboration elements of it that that's my favorite. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Um, you know, I used to, the first five or six years of Badger's life, it was probably, I probably averaged about four and a half during the weekdays. And, uh, today I bet I average about seven. There you have it. And, um, but, next now, question. now that I have, now that I have a real baby, life's easier than when yeah. I just had the, when it, everyone talks about how, you know, you know, you don't sleep when you have a real baby. I'm like, Phew. This real baby is easy compared to having a software company baby. That was that was Steve a, a and way I, worse baby. <laughs> Steve and I lived in a house together during COVID that he organized with a bunch of other founders. And um, we had, you know, dinner parties. And one time this very nice lady came over with a cheese plate and her and Steve fell in love and now they're married and now they have a kid. And I'm just like, okay, well, wh- wh- where's where's mine? When, when, when is someone going to walk into my house with a cheese plate? And I'm going to fall in love. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe you've got to walk in with the cheese plate. There <laughs> <laughs> why why are you waiting knowledge bombs being dropped maybe you. that's my problem <laughs> all right i'm gonna go to costco right after this and buy all of their cheese plates all there right all right so married one kid and steve how old are you i am 44 years young 44 last question something you wish you knew when you were 20 wish i knew when i was 20 um I think you know the the career choices that I made the first half of my career. You know, it was all big company. It was, it was you know, Allstate Insurance, IBM, uh, Autonomy, which got bought by HP, Google. Um, you know, I, I wish that I I wish that I had worked for some smaller companies early on because I would have it would have really. I think that you get overcompensated in this world for for creating things, and so and I and that was always going to be a good fit for me, and. Um, I, I wish that I had worked at some smaller companies to get a better feel for everything that goes into that. Like I, I look at some of my employees now who are like, you know, in their late twenties, but have been working for me for, you know, five years. And they just, they know so much more than I knew when I was their age because they've worked for a small company and, and gotten, you just, you get bigger, you get to have a bigger impact and get to have a broader uh, understanding of what's going on. Um, you know, because, there's just fewer people to do stuff. And so you got, you, you get your hands in the real stuff. So I, I, I would tell the younger Steve to work for, for some smaller companies and, and, and learn you, you'll to learn more about how to do uh, how to one day be an entrepreneur. 
Uh, they have a badgermapping.com launch in 2013. They're doing about a $5 million run rate today up from 4.2 million exactly one year ago, serving 4,200 logos, over 7,500 paid seats at about 50 bucks a seat. They help your field reps deliver the tires on time, take the beer to the local pub on time, and also do it in a route that is most efficient. They should have died during COVID. They didn't. They just pivoted. They did very well. Now they're growing all bootstrapped, which we love. He's using debt, full disclosure from FounderPath, which we love. But Steve, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks for having me, Nate.